And we're here to inform you Little Gen Z babies you don't even know It's not fair to deny you All the low-rise jeans and Lindsay Low You, you, you ought to know So I was really excited the other day because I went over to where my, where my mom lives and there's this like little like strip mall. They kind of have like some bougie restaurants. They're kind of like chain bougie restaurants. And there there's like four or five shops and one of them was the Lululemon. And I was like not needing another pair of leggings but I was gonna go look and just take a peek and see if I wanted to like drop a hundred dollars on a pair of pants cause that's what everyone does, right? So I was kind of looking and like walking down that way and it's gone. It's completely gone. Okay, I'm gonna let you finish, but we're actually starting our podcast. So welcome to You Oughta Know. You Oughta Know! Ooh. How's everybody doing? We're rolling. Yes. It's almost like it's real. It's getting real. It's getting real in here. Also, it's getting really fun. It's getting really fun. Yeah. We're really enjoying this. If you're listening to it, you're pretty awesome. And thank you for sticking with all of our rants and tangents. And thank you for loving uh, the early 2000s as much yes. as we do, enough to uh, listen to two, I mean, albeit very cute and funny girls, talk about things that are, what a time. <laughs> what a time, really. <laughs> the early 2000s were an yes. unbelievable time. An unbelievable time. The more I look back into the 2000s, the more I realized it is a rich text full of so many like fashion events, cultural events, huge moments great music and some not so great music that was just really successful anyways yeah which we can talk about i mean there are some examples of that that i really love like paris hilton's music career Beautiful. and there are other examples that kind of hurt my teeth a little bit yeah uh and i guess living through it i didn't realize what an iconic time it was until recently looking back and so many things it wasn't like you know, every, like, 10 years was, you know, uh, one event or one uh, theme. It was every single year, every six months, every... There were so many things. It's a never-ending right. tapestry. And I think part of that is how big, like, TV and entertainment-related TV became. Yes. Also, I mean, you can't knock the internet because the internet has really changed what we have access to and what we care about as a society. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess if we're talking about, you know, like the 1900s, this would be a much different conversation. Yes. Probably have about four topics, and then by episode five, we would be peacing out. Right. We'd be wrapping it up. Um, you know, we talked about the plague or whatever, I guess, in the <laughs> 1800s. Uh, but These crazy women who might want to vote someday. Uh, yeah, that would be, yeah, one, one quarter of the things that happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, just little, basically a decade in time is so full of yes. events. I feel like we will never run out of things to talk about. Yes. So, Leanne, I feel like this past week and a half, once we decided we were going to talk about this, I've really dived back into a lot of music I used to listen to. Yes. Has Same. listened to as much. And then there's some that, like, has kind of been a mainstay that it was, like, you know, nice to revisit. Um, and some that was not, not so nice to revisit no, at all. It was kind of a And I kind shock. of avoided it, yeah. for sure. So I want to talk, and obviously you do too, about one of the biggest and strangest, like, beefs 
in the music industry. Yes. And we are very clearly on a side. I actually really tried, but I was, like, researching to not be Mm -hmm. on a side. It did not really work. Yeah. Uh, Trying to uh, stay even and stay, uh, you know, uh, giving both sides equal attention was a feat in itself. Um, And I totally failed at it. Yeah. Completely. Because the more I dug into one side of this, the more I was totally dismayed. And I kind of, it was like a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I really tried to stay unbiased, but I just feel like it's kind of impossible. And everyone gets to have their own opinion about this, but there are some stone-cold facts that we should talk about for sure. Yes. Um, I guess before we go any further, you just said my name's Leanne. Uh, you were obviously Annika. Ooh-oh! And I think <laughs> said this is you ought to know, but just in case this is your first time joining us, uh, yeah, uh, we are two girls who are very uh, interested in fashion and culture and this time period. So let's get back to where we yes. were. But um, just wanted to Yes, we love to talk about the pivotal cultural moments of the 2000s. The odds. The odds. The naughty oddies. The naughty oddies um, for so all the shotties. You know what I mean? The naughty oddies for all the shotties. <laughs> it's so cringy, but I really at this point embrace that I am. Cringe. We are cringe lords, and yes. you know what? Fucking wear it as a cape. The cringe duchess. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> the emperor's new cringe. Yes. <laughs> I want a crown that just says yuck. Yuck, <laughs> for sure. And I'm proud. Yucky and just proud. Crap. <laughs> just crap. <laughs> so. Speaking of crap. Speaking of crap, <laughs> what is this crap that is the Taylor Swift and Kanye West feud? Yeah, let's uh, dive into um, uh, the princess of uh, this story. Yeah, the damsel in always distress. The victim of every story, every song, every... The poor little girl who grew up with the stockbroker daddy. Poor little rich girl. So, Taylor Swift grew up on a Christmas tree farm, 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 from what I know. Yes. And she... Grew up kind of like in nature, and her dad was a stockbroker, and she went to New York for singing lessons, voice lessons. She also did some modeling as of a little course. young duckling, um, and she was super into writing music, so into it. Mm-hmm. She would sit on her bedroom floor and write about her feelings, and oh, she really tapped into what middle school me thought I really needed when I was growing up. Yeah, she was... um. The suburban dream. She was every girl's, uh, you know, the girl with little to no struggle who wants to cry. Um, Taylor Swift filled that void. Yes. Across country. And Those teardrops on your guitar. Oh, my gosh. So she and her mom started, like, really seriously looking at her music career. They moved to Tennessee. She started giving out her demos and playing songs and, like, asking everybody basically to sign her. And then she was at, I think, Bluebird Cafe, that famous place in Nashville where people get found or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying that country music is bad by any means. I think that is for people who like it. Um, I'm not a country music fan. So if any of this comes up as uninterested, I'm so sorry. Um, I was at one point in time. Same. I uh, grew up uh, in Wisconsin. I was a a diehard uh, Garth Brooks fan. I loved country music up until the age of, like, 13. It was the only thing I listened to. And still, 
uh, Taylor Swift makes me want to throw up. Yes. So, um, so she gets found by Scott Borchetta, Borchetta, Bruchetta. Scott Borchetta. <laughs> and he signs her. He signs her to um, Big Machine. And she makes her first album, which is just her name. It's called Taylor Swift. And it's very pop-minded country from the start. Yes. She had that big old crimpy hair, and she yes. was cute with her perfect Lots teeth. Lots of sequins and glitter. She also dated one of the Jonases, um, which, if you ever let a Jonas go, you're not doing the right thing. Even Kevin. I would keep Kevin. I mean, we can talk about Kevin <laughs> in a whole different episode. Um, um, and so she really tapped into, like, an untapped teenage girl marketing country. Yes. Because a lot of country music was about your truck and driving outside and being a man's man and I really like you, we're going to roll in the hay. And then they were missing out on all these girls who had all these feelings, which was yeah, also the younger me. girls. I mean, we had Reba McIntyre and we had, uh, let's see. Probably um, Hill. Pam Tillis. I mean, there was a lot of great women, but they were talking about, you know, Wrong women behavior. Right, or, you know, uh, if you go back and listen to Fancy, wow, that song will break your heart. But as a teenage girl who is not living in the Depression, uh, era times with the cockroach running across your shoe, you really don't understand or connect to it. So Taylor Swift did fill a void. She did. She Um, was completely what that market needed. Yes, she was, she, she showed up and she, yeah. Niche. Here she is. Yes, and those videos were very, like, middle school, high school centered. A lot of, like, her in her bedroom, her in her locker, her in her, like, high school, but they're not really a high schooler-looking boyfriend in those videos. I mean, our song, I feel like my first boyfriend, I wouldn't... When I broke up with my first boyfriend, I listened to our song, just, like, being sad that it wasn't the reality of my life. Our song is a slam and scream door. I'm like, that's not real. It's not real. No, it's not. It's like a fantasy for sure. Same with like should have said no and all these like revenge breakup things. And I feel like she tapped into some of her real feelings probably. Yeah. At the time. She definitely had the feelings and the emotions of a young teenage girl who the biggest problem you have is boys. Boys. And that's it. You've got everything else covered so you don't really have to worry about anything else. So boys are your focus. Right. And if you're singing to white women who are growing up in suburban neighborhoods, that's yeah. that's what you're looking at. And the biggest problem you have is you wear glasses, maybe, or you wear t-shirts. Yeah. I mean... You don't wear high heels. No. You wear sneakers. Oh Excuse you. How dare you rock those Converse? No, you cannot. Like, because anybody in high school is wearing high heels. Oh, uh, no. This is, I mean, no. I don't know anyone who did. But she... Yes, she did. She um, found a path right to your brain, to your heart, and she... And into my iPod. Yes. She, um, she was one of those iPod stars. Yes. And, uh... I remember putting her on my shuffle and just... Yes, the shuffle. Plugging it in and laying in my bed and just really feeling connected because of what she was saying. privileged tears. Yes, definitely. Um, but she did. I mean, she, she was, uh, she made history in a way that only somebody, uh, of her, uh, place in society could. And... Well, and I want to be clear that I think it's great that she wrote all of her songs. Yes. And, I mean, I know she didn't write all of them on Taylor Swift, but she wrote all of them going forward. I think mm-hmm. it's great how hard she worked. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that she believed in herself. I think some of what she's done later in life can be kind of great, too. But I think it was a need in the market, mm-hmm. and I think it was 
opportunity and timing combined with some real feelings and skill. And I feel like we'll get into this later a little bit, um, how that part of who she is and finding where you fit in the market and how you can almost exploit that, um, based off of real talent and real feelings, uh, but also seeing exactly what you can do to uh, profit the most off of this versus what you do to stay true to yourself is kind of where this is all going to end up. But, um, yeah, so, uh, there's Taylor Swift. I feel like there's our... And she put out one more album before the VMAs. She put out Fearless. Yes. And that was, like, the album she wrote all of her songs on. It was, like, still pretty much country-based, very country pop. Yes. We're really teetering on the edge, right, hopping into pop for sure. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Totally fine. I think that's what her sound was going to go end up being all the time yeah, anyways. I, uh, there's nothing wrong with moving. Right. And, and she, yeah. um, one, like her big hit, there's several big hits off of it actually, but one of the big ones was You Belong With Me. And that video obviously got nominated for a video of the year for the VMAs. Yes. So that brings us to 2009. Yes. And I want to talk about our other contender in this um, beef. Ding, ding, ding. Mr. West. Kanye West. Enter the boxing ring. I know. Um, and this is a story that couldn't be more different from Taylor Swift's background. Really? It's crazy how different it is. And how they ended up uh, kind of being each other's uh, opposite side of the coin for so many years, which is so crazy because they are so different. Um, from backgrounds to style to every single thing that they do. It's so weird that they even had a connection at all, and I feel like the only reason they did is because of uh, that one moment in time. Yes. Um, But let's talk about Kanye for a little bit. So Kanye was, um, he grew up in Chicago. Mm -hmm. His dad was a former Black Panther, but he didn't really live with his dad at all. I feel like, uh, let's see. Donda, right? Is that his mom's name? His mom? Yeah. Yeah. Donda mm-hmm. was who his main influence and main parent in his life. She was an English professor at Chicago University. Yep. Um, basically, yeah, she was his parent. Yes. Um, and I feel like uh, you can kind of, every interview, every album, you know, you can very much tell that that is the person who he, besides, you know, trying to lift himself, he's trying to lift his mother into a better place. And, uh, yes, it's great. I mean, and he grew up like very art centered. So he, um, his mom super encouraged him doing art, doing poetry. He was super into it from a very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, and he kind of came from, like, a middle-class background. Mm-hmm. He was a really good student. Yes. Very good at school. Very smart. Had a huge affinity for the arts. Yes. He um, went to an art school for a bit and then actually went to Chicago State. Mm-hmm. He dropped out. Yes. Um, at the ripe age of 20. Yes. And uh, at that point in time, uh, you know, he was already realizing that he had a lot of talent and a lot of... Um, interest and passion in uh, producing yes. beats at that point. Just before he kind of, uh, well, he becomes a rapper later, but his beat production um, was something that uh, he knew he was different and he knew he had something 
that nobody else had. Yes. And he was gonna do whatever it took to uh, get him yes. out there. And he started, he started producing. He Some of it was credited, some of it was ghost producing. Um, he did a lot in the late 90s, like even working with like Foxy Brown. Yeah, um, uh, there's uh, footage of him at uh, Jermaine Dupree's birthday with yes. in 1998, which is, if anyone can remember, 1998, 99, 97, Jermaine Dupri was it. It was it. Every single And they're like song, somewhere. Yeah, like he was producing, he was writing, he was rapping, he was with all of the stars. I feel like him and Mariah Carey dated back then. I don't even know. Uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, he was just, I mean, he was such a little guy with such a big influence. Yes. And for Kanye to be anywhere near Jermaine Dupri already kind of spoke to his drive, and his talent. Yes. And then in the 2000s, he moved to start producing with Rockefeller. Yep. And he's actually credited with revitalizing Jay-Z's career with the Blueprint. Yep. Um, which is huge, because Jay-Z is a rap giant. Like, straight up God. A billionaire. Uh, so, to revitalize his career that early, and then for him to go on and have such a career that he's had into the 2000s and 2010s is yes. insane. Um, and for uh, Jay-Z to have been a little bit uh, uncomfortable and unsure about Kanye at first is um, something that, but still took a chance on him. Mm-hmm. And Kanye's uh, confidence and everything kind of, you know, uh, didn't let that, um, you know, questioning of if he could actually be this person because he was wearing pink polos and he wasn't hard. He wasn't talking about you know, drugs and all this stuff. He was a he was a totally different breed from what uh, Jay had seen before. But this person, yes, would have revitalized his career. He would produce and help produce some of the biggest albums um, of all time in, in hip hop <laughs> history. It's it's wild the things he's touched. Yes. So then he really struggled after having like a already a pretty prolific producing career. Yes. He really struggled to get a record deal for himself yes. as a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about it a lot of interviews how like everybody basically told him no. Yeah. Uh, you can make beats but stay in your niche. Yeah, exactly. Um and then I guess kind of the fateful car accident. I know happened, which you think would have had the opposite effect. Yes. But kind of a uh, switched who he was, made him take a real look at himself, and threw the wire. Threw the wire. Two weeks after that car accident. Which is such a testament to, like, his artistic spirit, I feel like, and how you take something and what you make out of it. Right. Um, Um, Because that song is really powerful, but, like, never once do I feel, like, deep pity or, like, hopelessness. Like, his spirit really shines through in how he dealt with that situation and other situations too. Yeah, um, but it really helped him heal from that that car accident. And it it gave him uh, a new outlook on life, but also it pushed him to say, you know, we only have this one shot at life. This could have been the end of me. I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to do it with my mouth wired shut. Like, I'm going to show all of you that nothing can stop me. Uh, and he fucking did it. He, he really did, did it. did stop him. And then he puts together college dropout. It's phenomenal. It's arguably the 
best Kanye album, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and really, like, at the soul of that album is he has like, this quote about just, like, make your own decisions, don't let society tell you this is what you have to do. Right. And you hear that a lot with him talking about working at The Gap and making his yes. songs in his basement and all of that. And, like, I think, like, what really hits me in College Dropout is, like, you really feel him. Yes. And, like, his spirit and, like, it's a true story. It's, mm-hmm. it's very cohesive. And even, like, late registration feels like kind of volume two of that yeah. story. Um, and even graduation, I think you can kind of throw in there. Maybe not, but a little bit. So I think, yes. I think all of I it. I mean, graduation's kind of a departure, but as far as, like, finishing the story. And yeah. obviously he's different than when he started the story. Yes. He's but growing. It's, uh, it's so good. But it's also, he took a stand and he made something out of himself that took courage, it took risk, it took, you know, just putting yourself out there, even when people said you couldn't do it, um, and doing it. And And besides that personal triumph, it went triple platinum. That's amazing. He was unstoppable. And it was all just, yeah, we keep talking about his drive and his willingness to step out of a comfort zone and just do what he believed was right. And I feel like that spirit has never left Kanye. Yes. Even if that direction hasn't been as, you know, rock solid as it might've been at one point in time, at least he's kept his integrity to a point. Right. And um, he doesn't give up on himself. And that I think is one of the most beautiful things uh, to see in um, somebody who's yes. uh, a celebrity, because I 100%. feel like they, it's so easy to get caught up in the fray and just lose who you are. And that spirit comes with controversy. Like, yes. controversy, like, okay, the VMAs was not the first time that Connie had no. been in a controversy. No. After late registration and Katrina happens. Yes. Oh, yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about it because. Let's talk about what he said. And a lot um, of people had a big problem with what he said. I am struggling to really understand why. What exactly? I think at the time, we didn't have a president like we have. We didn't have somebody talking out loud, off the cuff, about the president in a way that's true. Right. George Bush didn't care about black no, people. No, he did not care about black people. No. And George Bush, after dealing with 9-11... I'm sorry, the only yeah. black person George Bush cares about is Michelle Obama, and that's because... She gives him candy. Right. Yeah. And he's a child. Honestly, we could go into this for... You want to talk about caring about black people? Why don't you look at his presidency? Why don't you look at his policy? Why don't you look at the people he associates himself with? Yes. Him not supporting Trump does not mean that he likes black people. It just means he doesn't like Trump. George Bush did not care about black people. George Bush, I feel like, is he was a puppet. I mean, we could go into this forever. Yes, he can paint dogs. Cute. Whatever. But that, I mean, let's not give him any back credit. Uh, for becoming an old, cute, dumb man. He's always been, uh, he, he's been a bad person. And bad by oil. Yes. So. so, I mean, even if he's an idiot uh, who probably wasn't pulling his own strings, he definitely didn't care about black people, and Kanye had the balls to say it. Right. And uh, I feel like that was the start of a lot of people speaking against the powers uh, yeah, didn't someone, be, like, yeah, didn't someone be, like throw a shoe at him or something at one point? I mean, I know Cardi B and Nicki Minaj just had a shoe <laughs> fight, um, but probably. Uh, I feel like I remember watching something about a press release. That sounds, that that sounds probably a long time ago. But I don't. Um, 
but I remember. I yes. think that Kanye um, has kind of been a disruptor, and I think that that's phenomenal. I think that we need that. I think that, especially now in these days, when everyone looks like Instagram carbon copies of each other, yeah. and we're all buying fake body parts, not talking about it. Maybe we should have a disruptor. Totally yeah. fine. Yeah. And he did the same thing with the music industry too. Yes. He put out, um, you know, lots of really great albums. He also really encouraged a lot of different style in hip hop and rap. When yes. he put out Stronger, that song completely changed how hip hop and rap viewed house and electronica. Yes. It was literally the revival of electro infused 2000s music. Yes, soul sample style. Yeah, so good. And then in 2007, mm-hmm. Graduation and mm-hmm. 50 Cent's Curtis uh, came out at like the same exact time. And, and what that did 50 was, Cent say? That he would quit rapping if Kanye did better than him. And the second Eesh. that Kanye's album came out, he what, doubled 50's sales? And yes. he had to take his bullshit back. Like, people kept pushing him, kept trying him, kept... No matter how much he would prove himself, somebody else was always standing up and saying that he couldn't do it. I know. And I feel like, thank God for a spirit like Kanye's, especially back then, because he just kept standing up to it. And he kept saying things that made people shake their heads and made people... And he really paved the way for people who are not strictly hardcore gangster rap. Right. Which, like, I don't have any experience being a gangster. (laughs) Clearly, as you've seen from our intro. Yes. But Kanye was vulnerable. He came from a middle-class background. Mm -hmm. But he still showed up and was like, hey, I actually have a lot to say on this subject. Mm -hmm. I still had hardships uh, just because I'm not currently holding a gun or talking about gang-banging. I still know what it's like to struggle, work hard, have to do what I have to do that might not follow every rule, but I'm going to wear a pink polo, and I'm going to... And he still faces a lot of the, like, I mean, the literal same racial adversity and systematic issues in our country. I feel like so, this is what this is all going to boil down to. Right. Um, but yeah, he did, and he he continues to do that to this day. Uh, and then after he really blew 50 Cent out of the water... Um, he had some big success for a while, and then in 2007, his mom passed away, and that was a, a huge loss for big Kanye. loss for Kanye. And then months later, him and his fiance broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> and this is kind of where he starts getting a little extreme in the public eye against things that um, a lot of people didn't understand, and a lot of people uh, probably advised him not to do. But also, he he didn't back down, and he didn't he didn't uh, try to be anyone but himself. That's and he true. was going through a lot, and nobody ever talks about that. Um, I feel like it's always uh, like, here we go. Look at this. Well, okay, let's get into let's get into the VMAs. Yes, but I do want to say that before the VMAs that, happened, Eight Oh Eight and Heartbreak came out. Beautiful. Fantastic. Really so vulnerable. And he, it was huge because, like, he used auto-tune, like, very widely, which, I mean, other people had done so. Mm -hmm. I love T-Pain so much. T-Pain, beautiful voice. Such a beautiful voice. Hey, hey, Monster on, what's that show? The Masked Singer. Oh, my God. I knew it was him for a while, too. I felt like such a winner. A winger. A winger. Wingdinger. Um, But 808s and Heartbreak came out. 
um, Love Lockdown and Heartless. Yeah. Beautiful. And he really was vulnerable, but also like, he used this auto-tune as kind of like a mask and a protection. It yep. was so pivotal. Yes. And then um, 2009 is where we're kind of at. And let's get into... There's two videos that we yes. want to talk about. Let's talk about the split and what these two videos um, were and what they meant to yes. society. Let's talk about the... Um, uh, the actual winner first. Yes. So Let's you belong with me. Taylor Swift. Which was a catchy song. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Got that hook for sure. Yeah. So, um, the video. It's of this girl who is supposed to be, I guess, not conventionally cute, but it's Taylor Swift with, with her blonde, beautiful curls sitting in her room, like, oh my god. Uh, writing, you know, notes to her popular jock friend. Who lives across the window, and he's tired of his girlfriend's drama. Oh my gosh, so tired of it, and, uh, you know, they're talking about it, and then it's every single romantic comedy it is uh, trope that you've ever seen. He, like, catches her dancing, she's the girl next door. The whole catches her dancing thing actually really made me really upset, because it's this whole idea that, like, she doesn't know she's beautiful. And he's like, oh, my God, she's so cute. And she doesn't even know it. Um, how about we let women know that they're beautiful and still like them for that? Yes. Um, and also, uh, I don't know what kind of message they're trying to send with uh, his actual girlfriend in the video being her as well. With brown hair <sighs> and it's straight. Why is the evil girl always brunette? And... I'm sorry. Did Taylor Swift know that she was trying her hardest to look like Megan Fox? Okay, I didn't know you were going to say that, and I felt that way. She either consciously or subconsciously was trying to look like her exactly. own version of Megan Fox. Oh my gosh. One, she'll never be Megan Fox. No way! It um, was such a bad attempt! Those pouty lips and that straight brown hair. Ashy eyeshadow. But also, what are you saying if you play both parts? I feel like the whole message of that song is like, hey, I'm not this person. I'm this other different artsy weirdo. I wear sneakers and I wear like my t shirt that's sized by everybody in my class, which nobody wears after they do it. Yeah, because it's gross. And it and smells dumb. bad. Yeah, full of Sharpie and it's gonna be all But she is saying that, okay, I know that I can be conventionally hot if I just straighten my hair and don't wear my glasses and take off my fucking glasses but i choose to have a frizzy hair and glasses I know. that's how i am myself so i feel like that video in and of itself shouldn't have won any no. awards it was stupid it was something we've all seen before and not was, original at all. No, it was just it was just ridiculous. And I'm sorry, who studies instead of going to prom? Like that's insane. And I was so annoyed. I'm like, that doesn't make you cute. No. Like and like being so vulnerable cool. and like like not in a cute way, but like vulnerable and like, oh my god, like prey on me. I'm like so innocent, I can't even go to you a need dance. To drag it's me, not cute. You need to drag me out of the house because I have no confidence or maybe she has an anxiety disorder let's get into like the real right. facts here if we want to be like an actual um human but instead it's just it's a trope it's it's been done it's over it's and, white privilege and nothing about 
brunette Taylor is a mean girl. She, I was so confused. Also, the, the mean girl in that story is Blonde Taylor for right. stealing somebody's boyfriend yeah. for no real reason. She, she just not be doing to that. show up you to the dance. Yeah, mind your business. Mind your business. Right. You little turn up in your white dress like you're an angel. Who are you? Also, this makes no sense. This I love you sign, and he has one too, conveniently tucked away. Right. This whole video sucks. I don't think... I mean, even back then... The people who were into it, I feel like, weren't like, oh, yes, that's exactly it. I feel that. Like, the song, sure, cute, whatever. But the video, nothing. My feelings about this are so different than when I was 13. I remember watching that and being Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, that's going to happen to me. And I'm going to steal someone's boyfriend because he'll finally notice me. That is so toxic. That is not and a goal. there's room for all of us. Right. If we've learned anything, there's room for every type of human being on the planet. Except yes. for, like, racist, misogynistic assholes. You can get out, please. Yeah, you Don't guys can way. all take a um, leap, but... There's, there's room for women who wear cheerleading outfits. There's room for women who wear t-shirts. There's room for women who play band. There's room for sneakers. There's room for high heels. There's room it's for an all genders, all people, message. all colors, uh, all you know, sexual orientations. It doesn't just mean that there's going to be the brown-haired hot bitch and there's going to be the blonde-haired geek study. She's too smart to even know how pretty she is. Those two people aren't the only people that exist in this video was made, you know, not that long ago and is still playing off, like, early 80s, late 70s tropes that were outdated then. And I'm sorry, um, her relationships still kind of follow what the, what she was looking for in this video to this day. Yes. Like, I feel like... Taylor has played the victim, been the victim, and is the victim forever, and that is all she has. And she's used her relationships for fodder for her career and profit. That's it. It's so strange. So that's... The video that won. Yeah. And then there was another video that um, Kanye argued should have won, and I can't help but agree. Yeah. Let's talk about about your favorite lady. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Leanne has an insufferable (laughs) attachment to Beyonce, and I understand it completely. I feel the same way about Rihanna, but I'm going to let Leanne tell you about her feelings about the single ladies video. Um, Beyonce is uh, a beautiful, masterful, creative um, performer. Um, granted, uh, you know, this was still back when, you know, her dad was uh, running her career a little bit. and um, But that doesn't mean she didn't have things to say about it. She was, she has always been brilliant and talented, but also had to work hard to get where she is. She just didn't fall into a scene. You know, she had to try. She had to lose on Star Search. She had to go through all these things. And then she has a solo career. And then Single Ladies comes out, this music video, where she is inspired. She saw a Bob Fosse thing where she was like, yes, that's what I want. I want simple. I want black leotards. Mom, literally, the night before, she calls her up. Can you make us black leotards? Because that's what I want to wear. And it's this message to single women uh, that you can kind of be a person, be a human, and go out there and do what you want to do. And 
not, you know, need this boyfriend, not change who you are, not take off your glasses to get a man. You can strut in a leotard and high heels and make this dance that sweeps the nation. You, it's black and white. She, I mean, I can't even. It's phenomenal. I can't even put it into words and it's still all these years later. Besides the fact that she's an ethereal powerhouse of a person, Mm -hmm. the video itself is a phenomenon Mm -hmm. and it really kind of changed a little bit of a narrative. Yes. It became a, a straight-up anthem. Yes. That you will still hear if you go out on Saturday nights right. to this day. Might be like the club mix, but it'll still be that song. The choreography Amazing. is immaculate. Yes. It's immaculate. Yes. There's nothing... I, I have no criticism about The iconic hand moves. Yes. And then I really liked how they combined, like, the shaking and like little pops and like twerks with yes. like the ballet moves. Yes. Like it was so beautiful and so cohesive. Yes. And it's it bringing it's fantastic. Instead of separating the 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 brown haired uh, popular girls from the blonde haired nerds, it's bringing together everyone. It's right. bringing together classic ballet, beautiful choreography with, you know, a little bit of twerking and a little bit of booty bouncing and everything into one cohesive uh dance and music video and the style is simple yes but it's to the point and yes. she had a clear message that she yes. wanted to convey right and then one thing that i really respected about beyonce and i can see it even in this video is um I mean, she is clearly the focal point, but she gives shine to the people with her. Yes. And she lets them, she doesn't, like, downplay them. No. Or make them, you know, stand in the background or we're going to be enemies. Right. Like, it is a total lift up. It's a girl power equality for women. And she knew that. Yes. And she That was her idea. She said, I'm empowering women. This is my role. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a voice. This is what I want to do. Right. And she showed it. And it became crazy big. And Dance also, craze, recreations, SNL. Oh my gosh! Oh, that was Andy Samberg good. and uh, oh my JT. gosh, Bobby Moynihan. Oh my god! Goddamn high Bobby heels. Bobby Moynihan is one of my okay, favorite. I love the Bobby planet. Moynihan so much. He's my second favorite Bobby. Oh yes, because you're dating other Bobby. But yes. I mean, but the Moynihans of the world can get it. They can fucking get it. <laughs> they can get it in that black leotard and those heels any day of the week. Also, okay, so we're, if we're just comparing video to video here, uh, we have one video that says, um, you know, I'm not really going to be a whole person or really worth anybody's time until this guy notices me. The other one is saying, hey, single ladies. You know what I just realized? What? That video is either saying it's two ladies against each other or it's there's one part of me that's desirable and there's one part, the slutty hot part, that isn't. Right. That's terrible. It's horrible. It's a horrible message. Taylor Swift comes from privilege. She comes from nothing unique, and she comes from the world where you make yourself what the guy wants, and then he'll notice you. Where Beyonce is saying, fuck that, single ladies. That is enough. That's it. You can be a single lady. Have a great time. Be a bad bitch. Be all different sizes, shapes, anything you want. A single lady is just enough on her own. Where... If you are just comparing the message, even. Yeah. 
It's just ridiculous. So um, let's get into what happened. So the VMAs. 2009. Yes. So they're both up for video of the year. And Beyonce loses. And, uh, which sucks and was not correct. No. And no. this wasn't the only time, but let's, uh, yeah, we'll focus so, on this time, though. So Taylor Swift wins Video of the Year for You Belong With Me, and um, that doesn't sit well with a lot of people, but it really doesn't sit well with Kanye West. No. And uh, so he does something that nobody's done before. Yep. He um, is going to let her finish, but... Yep, he just straight up walks on the stage grabs or has a microphone grabs it and is like i don't let you finish but beyonce had one of the best videos of all time yes which i stand behind a million percent this is not uh you know i mean beyonce looked shocked and uncomfortable but you know deep down in her heart she's like well yeah this is ridiculous but she's so gracious and then when she wins later she gives taylor yeah, she, stage and lets she, her like give her acceptance speech. She gives this white woman her time because yeah, uh, because that's what's expected, and it's which disgusting. is the only thing she was going to be able to do because she right. didn't want to affect her career. Basically, right? You have to give precious Princess Taylor what she wants, and uh, so Taylor can you know give her the oh Beyonce's always been the most wonderful person, but now she just really has shown her true colors. And, blah, blah, blah. and um, Beyonce might have actually felt bad. Sure. I don't know if it was a matter of optics or if she felt bad. I mean, that's Either what way, she did. She did. I mean, she was respectful. She was. Beyonce is a goddess. Always the gracious. She, yes. Yep. Um, Kanye wasn't so gracious, but honest no. to God, I stand behind what he said and what he did. Yes. And I know that everyone's like, he's a dick for doing that. Not no. really. No, he's not. I mean, so the thing is, if you take any time to actually educate yourself on the systematic issues that we have in this country that also relate to the music industry and the rich and famous, um, I mean, we don't all live in a vacuum. No. The rich and famous don't live in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Connie now has a lot of privilege, and he probably did then, obviously. But he was calling out an injustice. Yeah. Um, that- you can say it's an award, it's a video, but it it's everything. It's standing for way more than that and he knows that and everybody who watched that happen knows that and anyone who defended uh taylor in that moment kind of knew exactly what they were defending right um and you can play dumb all you want and say you know that's rude um he went up there and that was totally uncalled for and he should have never done that to her but you know what um somebody has to at some point somebody has to stand up and say something and if it has to be that way uh, you know, change and equality and movement uh, rarely is comfortable. And he apologized for hurting her feelings and kind of interrupting her the way he did it, but he still stood by standing up for culture. Right. Which and I think is completely fine. I think that he believed in what he said. I believe in what he said. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, if you don't see the reasoning for this and if you don't believe in uh you know at least the ideals behind it maybe not the execution of how it was done um then i feel like maybe you're not the right person to be listening (laughs) to this and maybe you're not seeing things through the clearest scope um when it comes to what that meant um in society so um i watched an interview it was like a short clip of beyonce at 
when if you want billboards like women of the yep, year oh, i watched this as well okay but yeah and um talking about empowering women which was great and then um you know she said that she feel like she knew kanye's intentions he was standing up for art mm-hmm. and that he was shocked when she wasn't called as the winner because he called he's like you're gonna win this you deserve right. this mm-hmm. um and you know she felt bad for Taylor that that happened, and she still she gave Taylor her moment. Basically, she like forfeited her own speech for Taylor's speech. Um, also, she kind of made that joke like I'm really shy, and I, at least I didn't have to give right my uh, thank you speech. Right, I still won. And I didn't have to do my speech. Right. Um, um, but the interview that really kind of like hit something weird in me. I watched an interview. That Taylor did, like, right yeah. after the show. Uh, yeah, like, at the after party, that one. I don't know or, if it was after party. It was, like, on, like, a red carpet almost. And right she's yeah. like, I was so excited because I won my award. And then I was excited because Kanye is on the stage. And, and then, then I wasn't so excited anymore after that. Uh, yep. Um, here's where Taylor Swift um, starts her role as um, America's sweet little victim. America's never-ending victim of every man, of yes. everything. She is a victim through and through, and she will play this card. She's still playing it. And, uh, yeah, this is where it really starts. Um, and then they're, like, asking her, like, were you a fan of Kanye? Are you still a fan? And she's like, I don't want to start anything. Yeah. And I'm like, how about you just answer the question? I'm a backbone bitch. I mean, she's like, I, I, she's like, well, yeah, I was a fan. And then she's like, won't say that she's still a fan. And I feel like the problem is, especially with, like, her current, like, trying to be an ally. Oh, God. Um, which we have to talk about. But her current, like, trying to be an ally, like, you should be able to parse out personal things versus calling out systematic issues. Yes. And that's what he was doing. He wasn't slighting you. Yes. Taylor, you need to look beyond yourself. So calling yourself a victim and being like, I, I'm not a current fan, or like you're not able to say you're a fan. It's uh, so yes. weird. So this kind of starts as perpetual beef between the two of them. Yeah, it's a real roller coaster ride. Yeah, she like makes that song mean about him. She like makes fun of him basically for like being in his 30s and pushing on people. Oh, yeah, that's so rude. And still growing up now. Who you are is not what you did. You're still an innocent. Oh, thank you, Taylor, for giving him uh, your gracious apology and calling him an innocent. Because until you said that, he was, what, a deviant and a bad person for right. saying what everyone else was feeling. Um, let's see. I have a, you know, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. So then after that, um, they kind of squash their beef, mm-hmm. which is beef mm-hmm. which is cool they called it each other or what she called him or he called her like uh bff yeah bff um he she presented him with like video a vanguard. Big, video vanguard yeah mm-hmm. and like made the i'm let you finish joke and everything yeah, so that was good they kind of squashed their whole beef which was a good moment for them except for that huge cube of expensive roses which is Whatever. I feel like they love uh, their flowers for sure. They, Kanye. Kanye really loves those white roses that yeah. are just like a million dollars. You know what? I feel like he is as fucked up as it is. He's feeling the guilt for hurting a white woman, and he's forced to 
back down and make well, these grand gestures. He disappears. He yes. like, gets out of the country. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, Japan. Goes right? to Japan. Um, he goes to Hawaii for a while. Yes. He goes to Rome. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, and he's so kind of grieving the loss of his mother, probably too. Yeah. Um, so I guess he kind of gets out of Dodge for a while. He cancels his tour. Yep. Which um, is really sad, I think. I feel like a just one quote that I uh, I wrote down after watching a lot of interviews. Um, it was like, I mean, it's a simple quote, but just watching him talk and the truth that like is on his face, um, this one just seemed to kind of stick out. Um, but it's I say things the wrong way a lot of times. Uh, you know, dot dot dot. There's a little bit more in there, but and my intentions are always positive. So I yes. feel like even though he knows he's kind of being a shit and you know stepping out of you know uh, the box that he is supposedly supposed to be in as a famous person in America, he still is trying to do the right thing. Um, and it's I don't think that that's an act. I feel like Kanye at least has always been uh, true to himself and true to his culture and true to where he came from. So then um, at one of the uh, Yeezy, I think it's Yeezy season 3, the show's at Madison Square Garden. He also does he um, plays like a Pablo. Yes. And one of the songs on there is Famous. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, yeah, let's talk about Famous. Let's talk about Famous. So he talks about Taylor a little mm-hmm. bit in Famous. Taylor I feel like so me Taylor- and Taylor writes a little sex. I made that bitch famous. God damn. I mean, truth. <laughs> I mean, he didn't, but he, he... But he didn't know her before then, to be right. fair. True. Yeah, uh, but also... In his circle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. And I mean, the video with uh, Taylor Lookalike and everything, that's right. a little fucked. Uh, so... But... The song and the video are kind of two different beasts. Yes, let's go. So the song song happened, and um, she really put down the song. She kind of called him out at an awards show. Yes. And And Kanye was like, what is going on? Uh, We talked about this. (laughs) Yes, which we can talk about it because that happens after the video. Yes, yes. So then um, she's kind of back in full beef mode again. They're not friends anymore. I can't believe he'd be so disrespectful. Right. Um... How could he, what, misogynistic. Um, so misogynistic. Um, so angry about mm-hmm. him uh, including her. Yes. And then look at that weird, weird video of all the prosthetic people sleeping in that bed yes, together. there he is with, uh, yeah, uh, fake him, fake uh, Taylor, fake, fake Donald Fake Rihanna, fake um, Anna Wintour, fake yeah. George Bush, Adrian, fake Ray J. Ray J. Oh, Ray J. And then sleeping next to Kim and Connie is this fake prosthetic Taylor. Um, it's very, it's a very weird video. I think it was trying to be a commentary on like the vulnerability of fame yes. and how no matter what you're going through in life, we're all in the same bed or yeah, boat. exactly. Uh, we're all here together. I mean, it's strange. I'll give you that. But he also, I know that we talk a lot about Kanye poking fun of other people, but he pokes fun of himself more than anything. More than anything. I mean, the life of Pablo is honestly a satirical album through and through. Yes. Um, so I feel like that's one thing to keep in mind as mm-hmm. you guys drag him because it's satire. Yes, and he is well aware of what he's doing. If Kanye is one thing, Kanye's aware of Kanye. Right. And uh, you can't forget that. 
And then at the end of the video, he does special things for being famous, mm -hmm. which is the whole idea of all these people who are just people are famous. Thank you for being famous. We're all in this together, and it's a strange way to live. Yeah. Um. And so she gets really upset about the video, which I think the video is strange. Um. Uh, the video for sure crosses lines that didn't need to be crossed, and I feel like um. As much as I'm going to back Kanye throughout this, just because of where I stand on this issue, I do think he's not completely uh, innocent in everything he does. No. Um, there comes a point where you kind of need to, you know, slow down, take a step back, and think about what you're doing. Right. Um, I think it's a powerful art message, but um, the problem about making art about real people is it affects those people. And they are people. Right. They're not just parts of your art. So at this point, the public favor has really turned against Kanye in this situation. A lot of people are really Team Tay Tay. Oh God, if I had to hear somebody say Tay Tay <laughs> one more time. So Kim gets asked about it in several instances and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to drop the receipts. Yeah. Here, check it out. Look what is the actual truth. She, she puts those snaps out and we... The whole world gets to watch Taylor hearing the song, at least parts of it. I think that they say that she heard the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, Taylor literally saying, you pick what you want, I'm mm -hmm. good with it. Yes. Giving her permission and saying, thank you for doing this. It's really considerate. Yep. Um, she was aware of the lyrics and uh, then... And, and she was of, she was going to plug his song. Yes, and then um, and then she goes on to SNL and uh, hosts and has a bunch of shit to say about it, um, and uh, which is a complete lie. She knew. It, I mean, there's proof. And she's like, I'd like to be excluded from this narrative. I'm like, you yeah. involved yourself in the narrative. You haven't let yourself get out of the narrative. He said he wanted this narrative to show still you. Yes, he wanted to show you it as respect, as a friend. He told you that. Um, and she lied. She said that she would plug that song on the red carpet, and then yep. when Public Favor said it was misogynistic, she did a 180, mm -hmm. flipped, and decided that she wouldn't plug the song anymore. Right. Um, yeah, her lawyer got involved. It was a whole thing. It was a whole white privilege event again, I feel like. I mean, and celebrity way of dealing with things, I guess, but she, she straight up just goes with which narrative makes her look better and which uh, always picks the role of the victim. She never ever stands up for anyone. Um, I'm very confused because he goes over the line, I feel like me and Taylor might still still have sex. That's what we hear in like the staff receipt. Yep. She's cool with that. The part that she decides to really hang on then is saying, he never told me he would call me a bitch. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's true. But why is it that that is what bothers you versus him saying that you might still have sex? Right. Uh, like, pick a battle so that makes both sense. Both of those things, if you look at it from a certain lens, can come off as pretty misogynistic. Yes. So I don't believe her. No. And um, her credibility keeps uh, becoming less, 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 less as the years go on. And uh, the more she makes herself a victim, you know, the more, even though the crazier, well, I don't want to use the word crazy, um, no. the more eccentric 
Kanye gets with his way of dealing with this issue, which should be a non-issue at this point, um, the more she puts herself in the role of the victim and like she can't do anything to help herself and but yet she's a feminist she's she has no backbone and uh and then she comes out with reputation and, and like she's like yeah. everyone called her a snake she's like yeah i am a snake and i'm like what the hell is going on here well now she's gonna own something right which i'm like you know what um, so at this point you've really been a culture vulture to date so why own that i think that is so weird that that is what she clung to and like it's her attempt at being edgy and like embracing her new self the old taylor is dead and i'm like i don't really know what's going on with you but it's not working but also how can you how can you have a problem with him saying that uh you know uh that he made you famous if you keep clinging on to everything that he's done to make yourself right. more famous. You were just How can doing- you want to be excluded from the narrative if him calling you a snake is the main focal point of your tour now? Right. You are building on the narrative. You're a co-author at this point, Taylor, and uh You're co-opting the narrative for profit. So Yeah, um really the only time you've ever uh disappeared from the public eye when something matters is uh during times of actual feminine equality right actual um you know times when you should have stood up uh as a woman in society uh you just disappear during times of election you disappear yeah. when it's convenient uh, for you to keep all of your fans and shut your mouth i read a really interesting bustle article um by oh, mrs griffiths katie griffith katie griffiths i think and it was about that trial she had sexual assault trial okay. um so you know, a guy sued her for business information because he groped her mm-hmm. and she countersued back for one dollar and she won. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was very strong and empowering. Her message for that was very good. But I think that it's really important to talk about. So, Taylor Swift is a white feminist and um, she very much subscribes to white feminism. And her being strong in that trial or her moments of flawed allyship don't change her feminism at the root being flawed and misguided. So it's very self-serving and it's very centered on like feminism that pertains to privileged white women. Mm-hmm. Her three main tenets of um, feminism that this um, author kind of outlines are women supporting all women, which she doesn't really do as we see by the Nicki Minaj incident. Uh, it's, a, it's a convenience. Uh topic for her. It's yes. when it's convenient for Taylor to represent Taylor when she needs uh, a woman backing. And her girl squad is another big part, which I don't really think is actually even counting as feminism. Yeah. And then um, the idea that you can date whoever you want. She actually called herself a lightning rod for slut shaming in the Vogue 73 Questions interview. I thought that was so strange. And the idea that you can write about it however you date which is fine, um, but um, she's not a lightning rod for slut shaming. She's not. She's a lightning rod for playing the victim card. I know that people are really interested in who she was dating, but that's also because you that's use all she it in all about. of your albums. That's all you do is, uh, I feel like you're a serial uh, monogamous 
uh, that goes into really extreme relationships with very famous people, knowing kind of the outcome is going to be ugly, so you can write a song about it. And I don't know how you actually are in real life, Taylor Swift. I don't know who you are, but the person you portray yourself to be is somebody who is um, sad and dumped a lot. And and she doesn't have any of the real stakes of slut shaming. No. Her position of privilege does not actually have the real stakes that come from no slut shaming. I feel like I would never put uh, Taylor Swift and slut shaming in the same sentence ever. Nope. I feel like uh, I mean, here if you want to really talk about a privilege example of slut shaming that I think actually maybe happened, you can talk about Miley. Yeah. Miley is super flawed. But slut shaming happened in that situation. Yes, I yes. think it's completely misguided, and what a weird psychology for behind Taylor to be like, I am the lightning rod for no, slut shaming. No, you're not. You're a lightning rod for wanting attention and any kind of victim uh, benefits right. you can grab. So currently, Taylor is poised to come out with her new album, Lover. She's come out with a couple of singles from that. One with Brandon Urie, who, why are you making a song with Taylor Swift? Um, I feel that like, you know, he's... Spelling is fun! You know, I feel like he's at the point where he knows that she's going to somehow weasel her way into getting money and he can click onto that. Yeah. Which is a bummer because he's that talent. And I, you know, had a really great time with his music a long yes. time ago. Um, but, you know, uh, she's then, not a lightning rod for slut shaming. She's a lightning rod for white women to cling on to um, white women who really don't have a lot of right trouble. And then her second single was You Need to Calm Down, which came oh, out around Pride. Please. Lord help me. Uh, I didn't watch this music video until today. I could not get myself to watch it. Um, and then uh, watching, uh, I can't even get into I mean, I, we're going to. It's, Why? What now, why on? now? Why? So why not before Trump got elected or any other time did you speak up? And I've, so there's a YouTuber called, her, her channel is called For Harriet. And she talks a lot about how um, Taylor Swift was kind of held up as the Aryan white princess during the Trump election and with kind of like a calling card and a big voice. Even though it wasn't her voice, but it was her songs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she her never silence and her actual talking about yeah, how she right. felt. Um, yeah, she just ducked out during uh, times of pivotal. Uh, so you know, when it doesn't hurt her pocketbook, mm-hmm. she's willing to be a flawed ally if it doesn't hurt her money. I mean, she's basically like every corporation during Pride Month uh, right. that throws a fucking rainbow on their shit and says, "Hey, buy this rainbow spedka." Uh, because you know what? It's gonna make me money, and it doesn't hurt me right now. I'm not taking a real stand. I'm just. Uh, I'm basically. Uh, I'm making money off of your hardships and uh, have nothing to lose at this point in time. And uh, it's disgusting. And it's hard because like a part of me agrees with For Harriet that like it really, really sucks and we're watching you, but if you're gonna get us the votes, give it. Sure. But the other part of me, and I'm sure she feels the same way, is I'm very uncomfortable with her profiting off of these issues. Yes. Because you've never once taken a risk. You have 
not put yourself in any uncomfortable situation. Right now, it's the safest time that it could be for you to come out with this stance, and you know that. And I want it to be real. I like. Wish I mean, I her best friend is Todrick. I queer, yes. the queer eye guys were in it. I want it to be real, but I really don't trust it. No, I mean the timing, the positioning of everything she's doing. I guess this is a good time to talk about business. Yes, versus artistry. But I do want to bring up one other thing that I sure. really noticed, yeah. and it made me super uncomfortable during the video. Okay. And I'm actually, I'm so disappointed if this is gonna be how it turns up with Ellen. So Ellen's in the video, and Ellen's given a cruel summer tattoo, and cruel summer is a good good music album. So good music is Kanye's music label. Yep. So, um, if that's a reconciliation with Kanye. Through Ellen? Through Ellen, cool. But if that Cruel Summer tattoo callback in that You Need to Calm Down video is a diss track or an album made underneath his same album name by her, I'm not okay with that. No. That is so wrong. And also stop with the beef if you don't want to be included in the narrative. No, you are the one who continues the narrative and you are the one who uh, has kind of uh, decided to just uh, Take Why off. is she getting a cool summer tattoo in that video? Because she cannot let it go, and she knows that that is I, I, you know, I just feel that she knows that that's her money maker. She knows that playing this victim, so she will never be as big as she was when some black guy called her out and made a white girl feel bad. And honestly, she's chasing that high of being pitied. And I feel like she wraps herself around anything that is current that will agree with her and let her get away with them sticking to her because they know they know she equals money. They know she equals, uh, you know, uh, some uh, exposure. Um, but at the same time, she is the biggest hypocrite in the industry when it comes to things like this. And it, it's disgusting. I hate it. Is. <laughs> I'm so sorry. it's hard because I know that she's popular and I believe in my heart that she has worked hard. Sure. But um, I think that the Taylor Swift music catalog and career is a business. Yes. It's a business. It's opportunity, what people want to hear, met with a pop algorithm. Right. I mean, those songs are formulaic for sure. Yes. Taylor Swift. I mean, even like her when she was young, her like coach said she knows what makes a song click. She does. Yes. It's an earworm. Like right. it'll stick with you and it'll make you play it over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, she's also used her relationships and women's vulnerabilities as fodder for songs. Um, she's super successful. No one can deny that. Uh, yes. I feel like on the other side of that coin is art yes and I mean let's that's Kanye I feel like it's not even on the same uh you know we're not even in the same thing when we're talking about this no it's not even on the same point uh Taylor grew up in a world where you do what it takes to make money sure she probably has passion and feelings and all of these things and she wrote music and great but more importantly for her, 
was not taking a risk or standing up for what she really believes in, or maybe that is what she really believes in, but it doesn't, um, she never put herself She never has put herself out there. And maybe that's what this is lately, but come on. I mean, it's disgusting. And I, you have so much money, educate yourself. Right. Also, um, you have so much say. If you want to be a good person for this country, for the world, you have the opportunity. You have the platform. You have, yeah. you have that microphone. I'm you, happy about like her back in the Equality Act. That was sure. cool. Yeah, that's great. Keep doing it. Keep that should be it. what it is every day from the jump. Let's right. see it. Let's not see it when it's the month of the year when people make money. When it's profitable. Off of queer people in general. You cannot only decide to do this when, Lord knows, this is the time. I mean, how stupid like yes. can you be to just come out with this when everyone's making fun of uh companies and big you know uh you know right. they're 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 profiting off of things that they uh you know would fire people for a couple of years ago and taylor i hope i hope that somewhere she is truly on board with this and and that her equality and feminism and all of this will take a stand when it's not convenient and it's not and fighting for racial justice yes god because uh you know that's the one thing that kanye has uh, yes that is respectable sure he's been a shit he's said some things that aren't cool but you know what so he's, he's an artist i believe in kanye's heart and soul and i believe in his art yeah. so much like he touches my heart in a way that a lot of people don't mm-hmm. he kind of holds that like rare spot for me um Kanye West has said that he's bipolar yeah. um also said that he said some things but he's not on his medication that he regrets um here's the thing about Kanye so he is such a creative and such a revolutionary and I truly believe in his vision mm-hmm. But I am sad for current Kanye. I feel like he is not getting help and support. And one thing I was thinking about more and more, um, I don't know if you guys all like Game of Thrones, but um, so Khaleesi, if you talk about Khaleesi, um, from the beginning she's kind of told over and over again that she's not it, she won't succeed, and she's wrong. And that kind of actually gives her the fire to believe in herself. And I see that a lot in Kanye. Because mm-hmm. when he wanted to be a rapper, everyone told him no. And he's like, you know, I'm the only one that's right. And he was right. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened with Yeezy. No brand wanted to take on Yeezy. Mm-hmm. He fought so hard to the nail for what he believed in. And I believed in that too. And I yeah. still do and really powerful like message about art and fashion and he was right again yes and i think we're hitting a point with his political views where i'm afraid that he feels like because nobody is on his side and believes him that's why he's right right and i feel like um he's the only one awake yeah and he he is in a world that is completely different from from regular people Yes. He probably does have some wild relationship with Donald Trump that makes him feel like he's doing the right thing, or maybe he's seen through a lot of other things, or maybe he's 
cozying up to the enemy. Maybe he's trying to see beyond all of this, but Kanye, at least, watching him speak, he's honest and his eyes are not something, like looking in his eyes, he is a person who believes in the right thing or what he thinks yeah. is the right thing, even if he's a little confused. I mean, he, I mean, okay, but you can't be a little confused about saying slavery is a choice. Oh, no. I'm, he has made something completely terrible. I'm concerned for him, yes. actually. Um, but let's see. I know that we, okay, we all make jokes about him being in the sunken place, but I'm actually concerned for right. him living in what like he's currently living before in. Before we started recording, we talked about nobody being there for him to pull him out of the place he is at. He's in a world that he, I'm sure in his younger years, he hoped he would be with somebody like Kim Kardashian, but that uh, fake butt. That I mean, yeah. He now butt. he now is in in a family where your business is literally uh, your, your brand. Pers- your brand. That is your your whole personality is your brand, and um, I I feel like it's a dangerous place for somebody who comes from a really real place. Um, where money wasn't something that you've always had, handling uh, your mental health wasn't just how you perform in front of cameras, it was actually like uh, a struggle. And um, there's a couple of things I watched an interview with him um, from May 2018, um, where he wasn't seeing a therapist, where he said, um, the world is his therapist, talking to people is therapy, where I feel like it's easy to believe that, and it's easy to feel like you're getting the help you need when people are agreeing with you or telling you you're right, um, or if they're fighting back at you a little bit, but still letting you do whatever you want. Um, where you you kind of forget that that's not real, and it's easy to be um, kind of when you're such a big celebrity. It's I feel like a lot of people aren't going to stand up to you or it's say It's easy to find your yes men. It's yes. not so hard to find people who actually have your best interest at heart. Right. And uh, and I feel like, um, I mean, I clearly don't know the Kardashians, but if there's anything we've seen, they're driven by their personal brand and their money. And right. Kim is no exception. Kim is really no. the ringleader of all of it. So right. if anybody's really about... Um, and image and being different so that you're interesting so that you're profitable that's not so good when you're trying to figure out your mental health shit being different so that you're interesting right um he is uh i feel like he's a true human in a world of plastic dolls and he is this rare art form that is not getting the true human experience that he needs and it's really scary and it's really sad um but i i do feel like i i agree and i'm i'm so so, like in my heart i'm so sad for kanye but um kanye has a ton of money Mm -hmm. he has a good amount of privilege. I mean, he's still navigating the United States as a black man, but Mm -hmm. um, he has the privilege to help himself figure this out. Mm -hmm. I hope he does. I do too. I I believe the person who Kanye is deep inside is a good, just person. I feel like he's just off 
track and he's been influenced totally by off the things track. he never ever ever really believed would be the influence in his life. I think that for me the biggest thing I really want to iterate is that um, I firmly believe that there's a difference between somebody who is mentally struggling and is supporting somebody he resonates with for some reason mm-hmm. and Taylor Swift queerbaiting and profiting off of um, allyship. She's fully aware of what she's doing. I believe Kanye West is mentally ill and not quite getting the help he needs and he's also um, I feel like there's a part of him that's so innocent that he believes um, in the in what people tell him still. Even yeah. after every shitty thing that he's been dragged through, he still believes in the goodness of people. In that interview I was talking about, um, he talks about, you know, the stigma of the word crazy. He's well aware that, you know, saying I'm crazy isn't something you can just throw around or call somebody else crazy, but also he's he's fearful, he's humble, he's he uses the word or he so the quote, the wise man knows he knows nothing. You know, he is well aware of where he stands, but also if you are surrounded by people who are not wanting to actually lead you in the right and just direction, they can kind of steer that that person who's very vulnerable to be steered in a, the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, what he said recently is inexcusable. I hope he figures it out. Um, but I I do really feel like, I mean, if we can give people like Taylor Swift the benefit of the doubt, we can give people like Kanye the chance to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like um, OJ Simpson getting off, you know, for murder. You know, there was a couple things that were irrefutable, in quotes, you know, um, and the jury voted him innocent, but we can't let Kanye find his path and everything. I mean, he said things that for sure are not okay. They're completely wild, and they're completely of a mind that is not quite um, safe. I think the point is if we give so many people such leeway, and OJ is an interesting example, but think about how many white men. Right. We give I mean, such that's why leeway. that's the only reason I gave OJ this little bit of spotlight. He's a pile of garbage, um, but he he used the the racial profiling of the LAPD to his advantage um, to get off and. Uh, you know, uh, I feel like that was one of the last examples of uh, a black man kind of using racism in his favor and it working. And uh, Kanye isn't even playing those cards and he's trying his best to figure out what is right. I feel like he wants America to be the place that he dreamed it would be. And he's so lost and I hope, I just hope he finds his way. Yes. I do feel like, um, Kanye, maybe not now, I mean, it's still different, put in a different way. He's really always had something different to say. Mm-hmm. He's had a clear narrative and he's really changed art in our country. 
I mean, music, art, you can talk about visual art too. He has an affinity for like interior and clothing, obviously. He's, he's a brilliant mind so brilliant. when it comes to his creative. I mean, let's separate uh, kind of some of his political views and things that he's said and done from who he is, who he is as an artist because um, he I mean, changed. We can do that for Woody Harrelson. Um, and let him, Willie Harrison be like a great art savant and also like marry his like stepdaughter. Oh, talking about uh, Woody Allen. Oh no, it's Woody okay. Allen. It's okay, Woody Harrelson. Uh, oh my god, I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he's so lovely. Bad. I was like, yeah, but I, but yeah, you, we can set, cut this part out. We can cut, yeah. Okay, if we can let Woody Allen separate himself from, um, and from his art from uh, his marriage to his uh, tiny baby's stepdaughter. We can definitely give Kanye the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, let's situation. look at all of the white men and uh, white people who uh, have have uh, let that slide. Let's talk about our president. Uh, yeah. Have to. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. But Let's talk about our top favorite Yeah, let's, let's get to Kanye's beautiful discography and let's talk about our top five uh, we really think it's important to end this one that has been so heavy and mired with a lot of social text with a little bit of a good note yeah i mean so many good notes actually strung together to make songs good (gasps) notes you know so um we decided to come up with our top five kanye songs um there's obviously you could you know divide this a million ways to someday Mm -hmm. but um these I are think, our personal top five. Yes, the ones that I keep coming back to. So I'm going to start five up, you know. Yep. Number five for me is uh, Jesus Walks. Because it makes me so emotional. Yeah. For someone who isn't really a Christian, I get so emotional. I mean, it's somebody who, it's again, the belief in what he's talking about. It's the uniqueness of the sound. And it's some. And even in uh, him talking about explaining this album for people who don't uh, have strong Christian beliefs, you still feel his belief. Yes, I definitely feel like it hits me right in the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, Number four is Everything I Am because it's so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the message of, you know, everything I'm not, maybe everything I am really kind of hits me in the heart too. Number three is Famous. Um, I know that the video is controversial, the song is controversial, we talked about this, but it's a fantastic song. And that Rihanna hook could not be any more immaculate. Also, Rihanna, um, yeah, like, can three episodes no wrong. coming to you. Yeah, Rihanna, Ugh, okay, go ahead. Number two is Wolves, because I feel like the love and protection he has over his family is so beautiful, even though I really am not a Kim Kardashian fan at all. Um, but just like his true love and his kind of almost like primal familial feelings really resonate. And then number one is We Don't Care because it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, The College Dropout is the best album I think on the planet. It's uh, so different from anything before or after. Yes. Honorable mention is um, the new workout plan and the video featuring Nicole Smith. Because that video and that song is something I cannot get enough of. Yeah, your turn. Um, uh, one of my favorite 
Oh, thank you. Great list. Very well like, thought out. I really put some time into it. I feel like um, once we get our Instagram and Twitter rolling, we will definitely put our lists out there so you can definitely, uh, you know, download them yourself and check them out in case you have not listened to these. Yes. Songs. And if you guys really want a lot more music related content, we can make some Spotify playlists for you. 100%. Throw we, them up there. We will definitely um, have an email that you could reach out to us at um, in time and uh, maybe yeah, we, the hotline. Yeah, the hotline. 1-800-NADIADIES. <laughs> We're going to be the NADIADIES uh, for all the bodies and all the shoddies, but um, yeah, we, we definitely want to be able Give to body, share. Give me body, <laughs> Kanye. Kanye. Uh, we definitely want to be able to share um, our favorite things with you and make it um, easily accessible. So, anyway, so this is going to be uh, this is very Leanne. Uh, they, all these songs mean a lot to me in a lot of different places, but also um, I also think they are a good uh, balance of all of his work. So, um, uh, number five uh, on site, uh, easy. Uh, just Jesus. It, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Let's cut. <laughs> okay. Number five. Number five on Jesus on site. I think that song just hits hard. It's a very strong beginning to an album. Um, is it number? I feel like it's number one. I think it two. is. Yeah. Um, and it just when it I first heard it, I was. It's very different than a lot of his older stuff, but it just. Oh, it gives me a lot of feelings. It reminds me of a summer a couple of years ago and uh, riding around in my car and just listening to it over and over and Do you get that like again. weird like neck goosebump situation yes. when you hear the hook? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just his passion in the weirdest places, the emphasis on just, just, it's so, it's so wild. Just everything he does is so brilliant, but just the song, um, does something uh, very unique um, without having to be super unique. I love it. Yes. Um, number four, Slow Jams. Um, good God. That song has just been there with me for so much of my life. Uh, from listening to it like while watching my ex-boyfriend play video games to dancing to it in a club to still requesting it, uh, you know, in regular activities, uh, making Uber drivers play it. It's just something that never goes away. It's so, it's a beaut. A um, spicy meatball. It's a spicy meatball. Just surrounded by so much anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry too. Okay, um, number three. Number three. Uh, can't tell me nothing. I feel like that's a Kanye, uh, just. Hey. It's, I can't do yes, it. I'm so sorry. You, you did great. I feel like nobody can but him, so you did your own version and I'm proud of you. But um, it's the most Kanye phrase of all time, and I also would love to uh, say that to so many people so much of the time. <laughs> uh, because, god damn it, I can't tell you. Don't open your mouth during words, nothing. And I feel like, <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> Try it. Try it with your spouse. Try it with your boss. With a real clenched jaw. Can't tell. <laughs> you can say the whole thing without opening your teeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Beep. 
All right, uh, number two, Fade. Uh, let's talk about music video. Hey, hot. Tiana Taylor's hot. Quite possibly, besides Rihanna, the most beautiful person I've ever seen on the planet. Her body bangs harder than uh, Zoe Deschanel's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> 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 got it. Uh, but honestly, uh, Anika actually showed me that music video, and God. Did I really? You did. And uh, it wasn't even that long ago, and I have not stopped thinking about it since. So, and that's one of those songs that I go to in my car when I just want to get pumped up in that, all the right ways. That gym, and then the end with them Stop. being like the little lions. It's too much. It's so hot. It's so hot. And I'm sorry. I know that not everything is about the aesthetic, but sometimes Jesus it's about the aesthetic. Christ. It's oh, oh god, yes, that video just is also so pleasing. Um, she deserves all of the shine in the world, and I Please hope that she really finds what her, she wants. Listen to her. If you like Kanye, listen to this song. What is it? Um, oh my god, I'm gonna have to look it up. Yes. Hurry, hurry. Oh, oh my it's, god, it's so, so good. good. Oh. Rose and She's Harlem. fantastic. She, her work is so brilliant, and I don't know why it's not uh, in more people's ears. Because just listen to her, her latest album and just also the song it. "Gonna Love Me" featuring <gasps> Ghostface Killa is phenomenal. Can't handle it. Anyway, special shout out to her. Um, and then number one, obviously, because one of us had to say it through the wire. It's yeah. the reason he started rapping. Really, I mean that whole thing. The whole car accident, we talked about it at, you know, ad nauseum. Uh, the reason it really took off. Right, and he is one of those things where you kind of look at your life and you say, you know, I could be dead right now, why not shoot my shot? And uh, the song's brilliant, the song's great, the song's uh, touched, you know, a couple white girls in Wisconsin, me and my sister used to listen to it, and, you know, I'm sure it reached out to so, so many people, and showing people that no matter what happens, you can still achieve your dreams. So I feel like it just had to be yeah, number one. So I think we've gone over a lot today, <laughs> tonight, whenever you're listening at three in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I think what I want to end on is I know that a lot of like the 2000s, even pop culture now, seems really frivolous and shallow. And I love that shit. Yes. I love pink shit. I love Paris. I love all of it. I'm here for it. I'm a GTL girl, ride or die. But <laughs> I caution people, don't look at this like it's something that's inconsequential. Right. Because I think it's easy to get lost in the drama and not see what actually happened and what the original message was. Mm -hmm. Um... It happens a lot in our day and age too, where I think people just gloss over the meaning and want to look at the drama or you know the surface level stuff. So I think it's important to do your own introspective look into things and what really matters to you. Right. Don't uh, you know miss the forest for the trees. You need to you need to see what actually is going on beyond the headline or the uh you know just what you've heard do a little research do a little digging do a little learning to see what 
is the underbelly of this beast that is pop culture. And guess what? You don't even have to do it yourself. You can just tune in, talk to us, ramble about it anyways. Right. We're cute. We have great taste. And also, we do a lot of research for this, um, so we kind of take care of that for you. Yes. And um, I promise you're going to love it. So, thanks again. You're just signing off. Um, let's see. You ought to know. You, you, you ought to you, know about Kanye. You ought to know about the real Kanye. Don't give up on him. But we do miss the old Kanye. We miss you, Kanye.